When I was playing indoor, the amount of things that I had to go through with indoor volleyball was more than any athlete should have to. And it was almost like God was like, hey, we're, we're doing this because I'm preparing you for something greater. That's gonna be harder, but here you go. Like, you're gonna have to fight this adversity. You're gonna have to fight through all this BS. I think about it often. I'm like, was I even supposed to play as long as I did? Because I just, there were so many things, so many signs that it was like, God was like, hey, it's time. Like, this isn't your path anymore. And I just kept fighting it. I was like, nope, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And it was almost like God finally was like, okay, Here's cancer because you're obviously not getting it. The first time that I really truly felt like, okay, you know, my hands are up was when I was diagnosed. Hello, my name is Aaron Wexler and welcome to another episode of Within the Game. Let's go. Within the Game is all about how to treat your craft and your life like a game so that you can stay inspired, have more fun, be on the path of becoming the best version of yourself and find fulfillment both in and out of your game. We talk personal growth, mindset, expansion, and share inspiration. Let's go. And thank you to the listener for being on this podcast journey with me and helping me make this podcast possible. It really has changed my life, and um, I'm just so happy that you guys are along for the ride. Please subscribe, like, and share. It really does help me out. And today's guest is the one and only, the water wizard, Jennifer Ketty. Jen, I'm a big fan. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super excited about our conversation today. Let's go, Ketty. Long time <laughs> coming. Full circle moment here. So at age 26, Jennifer Ketty was diagnosed with stage four cancer in the middle of a professional indoor volleyball season in Germany. She was then rushed back home to Montana and underwent emergency surgery. And four months after a grueling chemo regimen, her chemo left her with numerous side effects, including many that would prevent her from playing volleyball again seemingly right she was determined to find a solution and that she did she was introduced to living structured water by a friend and within a week of having her structured water machine almost all of her side effects were gone five years later she's running a six-figure business known as the water wizard and now an avp champion visit her instagram to follow her story and learn more at genuine waters jen let's go let's go katie Oh, what a journey. Yeah. I just want to preface that I'm not a doctor. Those are not medical claims. That's my personal testimony. Um, and of course everyone's different. So, you know, it's just water. I'm just such a water advocate because I think it's so important to the foundation of our health and our body. And if we are providing our bodies with the right environment, they can heal themselves. You know, they can regenerate. It's like how it's supposed to be um so yeah I just want to reiterate that and I'm excited I'm excited to talk more about it absolutely absolutely just a couple more accolades before we really get into it a division one and professional indoor volleyball athlete from 2009 to 2019 two-time all-american 2012 big west player of the year avp player 2021 to the present and 2022 central florida avp champ let's go Keddie. Katie, let's just start with this question I always ask everybody who comes on. Inspired living. What does that mean to you? Oof, that is a great question. And I feel like people don't talk about it enough. Um, it could go two ways for me. I think inspired living, A, is living a life that inspires other people, right? So people look at you and they're like, wow, that is incredible. I want what they're having. First and foremost, though, is like, 
inspiring yourself. Like you have to live a certain way. You have to live in alignment with yourself in order for that to be projected onto others. Right. So like living in alignment, meaning doing what you love. And I know that sounds so cliche, cliche and cheesy, but it's like, my thing now is turning your passion into purpose, impact to income. Like if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, the money will flow, you know? So I think for me, inspired living is like, following my calling, which again is like, sounds so cheesy, but I think deep down, we all know what we are called to do and what we're good at our gifts. And like, for me, it's like, I want to make people laugh. I want to make people laugh. I also want to make money. So I'm a businesswoman, but I, I share the things that I share different from anyone that I know, you know, and like, that's what I think inspired living means. Let's go. I love it. I love it. And you know, it just, it, what it does for me is it just makes me realize that like, you got to be living your passion in everything that you do. Right. Like, and there's so much to be, this whole project started back when we were in China, which we'll talk about in a second, but this whole thing is like, you could, you, you could look around and just find inspiration everywhere, but really it starts in here. It starts inside, you know? And, um, Maybe you could carry that further to the inspired athlete, right? Because that's kind of the whole message that I've put forth in my book, The Inspired Athlete. But I love talking to other inspired athletes like you. Like, what does that mean to you, inspired athlete? Inspired athlete. Well, I think about my athletic journey and it got to a point where I was desperate. Like I I wasn't doing it because I loved it anymore. I was doing it because it's all I knew Mm -hmm. and it's all that I thought that I could do. So it became this, this desperate point of my life where it's like, I have to find another contract. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't want to sit in an office. So I'm just going to keep doing this, even though it's not really supplying me with the things that I need in my life to be happy. Um, and it wasn't until I got really, really sick and I had to change my perspective on everything. Right. Um, you know, that long story short brought me to my, to other things that I do for a living And now I get to be an athlete that having a healthy body and being able to perform inspires me. Mm. And like, I'm just grateful to be able to do it at this point that it's no longer a job for me. It's just literally, I love doing this. And every day I wake up and I'm excited to like train and work out and eat healthy and fuel my body because I get to do it. Yes. Yes. Katie. And how about alignment with your true self? For me, that comes up when you speak like that. Alignment with your true self. How does that tie into being an inspired athlete? Well, I think, I mean, and nowadays being an athlete is incredible. Like having a body to be able to do the things you do, having a skill, having a gift, like an athletic gift is beautiful. And I, especially for women, I want them to know that like, it's awesome being a female athlete. I think so quickly it turns into a job and it turns Mm. into a stressor in our life to where we have to do it because we don't know what else to do, right? We've done it for so long that now that's all I know. Also, it can become this like cycle of, I have to look a certain way. I have to eat a certain way. I have to be a certain way to, in order to be this level of athlete, um, And it was like, when I released all of the expectations and all of the stress and all of the just pressure of like, I have to get another contract. This is all I know how to do. When I found my true passion, my true purpose through my business, 
and just health in general, now I get to live in alignment with like, this is a gift that I have. This is what I love to do. And my platform grows because of it, which then I get to make more of an impact through my other works. Mm. And like, that's like living in alignment for me is like, volleyball is just a tool. Volleyball is a tool. And it's also just like a release at this point. And again, I'm just grateful to be able to do it still. Let's go. All right. So let's, let's just give some listeners a little background. So uh, we, we actually met on a movie set. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, we are. No, we met on a movie set for this really cool movie called uh, Leap. Um, and this was this movie took place in Beijing pre pandemic. And back then, it was really interesting, because that was kind of the the start of my journey of like, man, I had this message inside me. I, I remember talking with Victoria Garrick, she was on set with us too. And I'll, you know, she was doing all this kind of stuff. And I was like, man, I, there's something inside me and, and it, it, it wants to, you know, be evoked through this messaging. And, um, and so I remember meeting you back then and you were just like, you're a baller. And I was like, man, I think you should play beach. <laughs> I remember telling you, I had this, this, this like vision of you out there on the beach and fast forward later. Now you just won an AVP championship. Wow. To talk to me a little bit about winning and how did that feel after everything you've been through? Uh, it was just very divine. Um, it was on the five year anniversary, not on the exact date, but the month. So it was December of 2017 that I had my emergency surgery to remove the tumor. Um, and it was like five years later, uh, which is a big, it's a, that's a big deal for a cancer patient. It's like the five-year mark is like, you know, get to that and you're pretty good. Right. Yeah. So it was just very divine that on my five-year uh, anniversary, I like go and win <laughs> the AVP championship when it was like, you know, five years ago, rewind. If, if you would have told me that I would have been an AVP, AVP champion, a six-figure business owner, like, all these things I would have laughed in your face. This episode is brought to you by new sponsor of the show, Ready Fit Go. Ready Fit Go is a new meal prep company based out of Hermosa Beach, California, and they offer delicious and nutritious pre-made meals that cater to everyday people, athletes, and entrepreneurs. If you're like me, taking time to go to the grocery store, cook, and do meal prep in a healthy way can be a challenge. Ready Fit Go provides a great solution to this challenge as they offer over 70 options from hot meals to salads to desserts to snacks, and they offer a wide range of choices for all types dietary needs ready fit go is offering within the game listeners 30 percent off their entire menu go to rfghealthyfoods.com and use code game 30 that's capital g lowercase a m e the number 30 for the discount also if you are near hermosa beach you can check out their store in person to see all their options they are located at 1025 pacific coast highway in hermosa beach california thank you ready fit go for sponsoring the episode let's go I would have absolutely laughed in your face. So just winning that and being able to share my story with more people was just really, really cool. So cool. And and it's inspiring, right? It's inspiring. Yeah. Your whole story is inspiring, you know, going from almost like, yeah, I, I heard you in a, uh, another podcast talking about hitting rock bottom, you know, and really, you know, going through this process of treatment and chemo and 
you know, and getting back and, and, and able to, and, and coming back stronger, right? A lot of, uh, a lot of times we as athletes, you know, we go through injury and, you know, we hear that little voice inside of our head, which is like, can I do this? It's like a, almost like a self-doubt. Should I do this? Should I just stop? Right. But then there's another voice that says, let's go. Right. Come on. Let's go. Let's come back. Let's get let's get back. And let's not just come back. Let's get let's come back stronger. Yeah. Right. And that's what you did. And that's why it's so inspiring. And um, I want to explore that process a little bit more. But, but but first, let's just talk about the win, because I really we really need to acknowledge you for that. And, you know, winning in anything is difficult. Yeah. Right. But winning coming from an indoor career transferring to the beach that's very difficult you know so I just we need to acknowledge that I, I need to acknowledge that for you so <laughs> so let, let's just talk about that a little bit talk about the finals did you find the flow now before you answer this is something I ask a lot of uh people that come on the the podcast with this whole idea of flow right where like almost time stops a little bit you're just so focused in the moment um explore that a little bit. What, what does that mean? And, and did you find it? Yeah, that's a great question. Flow state is like what I think about. Yeah. And I think about almost the whole weekend. Um, it's almost like, I felt like we time traveled. <laughs> like you're so, you're so present and you're so in the moment, but you're also like, it's almost like out of body. Like mm. things were just things were just happening. Like they, it was just, and it's so funny because so many people have asked me, they're like, how did it feel? How did it feel? And I'm like, honestly, I don't even like, I'd still, I'm still in shock. It's, it's very <laughs> surreal. And I don't even know how to explain it, but the entire weekend was just like, it was so easy. And I don't mm. mean that in like the other teams were bad. I need it in the sense that like Carly and I, I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for her, but like for me, there was literally no stress. There was no thinking about, oh, we're going to lose. Even if we were losing, I said it was like, there was never a point that we were like stressed or worried about losing. Like it was just this like relaxed next point flow. Hmm. And I, I honestly don't even know how to explain it further from that because we were like, for me, I was just <laughs> like, so in this state of like next point we're present we're here I literally don't know how to explain it no it's so cool you know and for people listening you know I want to make this relatable because not everyone's going to be an AVP champion you know but there's a way to be a champion in life there's a way to be a champion in your day right um yes. can you talk about that can you talk about champion mindset how how you can relate winning this tournament and calling yourself a champion now to just, you know, carrying that over to everyday life. I I wish that I had like more of a profound answer to that, but I just think it's your mindset. Every single day you wake up is like, if you are grateful to wake up, mm. which I think a lot of people forget and we take for granted so much is like being grateful to wake up and do whatever you're doing. Um, and if you're not happy, then maybe that's a time to like self-reflect and be like, what would make me happy? Like, what am I doing right now? That's not making me happy. Um, my boyfriend and I, my boyfriend, he was like, let's do an exercise. And it was like making a list at night of all the things that you didn't enjoy during the day and all the things that you did. And then hmm. it's like doing that every single day 
and figuring out what you don't like. If there's a consistent pattern of things you don't like, like especially your job that you're spending a lot of time at, then that's where we have to be like, okay, something's something needs to change, you know? And I will never forget the quote that someone said to me was like, it's harder to change when you're winning. <laughs> Sometimes we have to hit rock bottom in order to then be able to change this perspective to like, wow, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to do what I'm doing. I'm grateful to have a home. Um, I just think it starts there. Like that's the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have this champion mindset going into that tournament? <laughs> oh no. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even supposed to be at this tournament. I wasn't even supposed to be at the tournament. I had like said no, and I had like some business stuff and yeah, long story short, was just not supposed to be there. It's so when Carly, <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, no, go, no, please go. I was just going to say when Carly reached out to me and I had already been like, no, I'm not going. Like I was in off season mode. I hadn't trained. <laughs> I was like, no, like I'm done. Um, and so when she asked me, I was like, okay, maybe, you know, we can get in with points. And in my head, I was like, there's no way we're getting in with just points. Right. Well, we do. And we're just like six seed. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we are in. <laughs> so at that point I was like, okay, now you're in, but your mind, like my mind was out. Like I was like, uh, this has not been my focus. Right. So I was just like, okay, like, we're just going to go play for fun. You know, we, we've never played together. We've never practiced whatever. So then she comes, but it's funny because that was my mindset. Like literally I was like, we're going just for fun. And I was like, I almost, I almost told her that I can't go because I, I was so scared to let her down because mm -hmm. I knew mentally I was not like invested. Like I, I wasn't training and I was just like, well, I guess we're going for funsies, you know? And so when she flew here to practice with me uh, a couple of days before she actually was sick, like got food poisoning. And so we couldn't even practice. There was like a day uh, that we were able to practice for like an hour and a half, nothing crazy, just super light. And it was like, okay, I guess we're going. But when I picked her up from the airport, when she came to Austin, my, the first thing I said to her was how funny would it be if we just went and won this thing? <laughs> I was like, we're both so relaxed, so chill. Like let's, how funny would it be if we just went and won? And she was like laughing. She was like, that would be hilarious. And we were just like, you know, obviously both of us were just relaxed. Right. And so I just kept saying that though. Like, I don't even know where it came from, but it was like, I then flew to meet her in Florida. She picks me up from the airport. And I, I said, we're going to win this thing. I was wow. like, we're winning. And I kept, I just like kept saying it. And it's like, you don't, you say things like that, but do you really believe it? You know? So I, it mm. was just like, I don't know where it was coming from, but I just was saying it over and over again. And, uh, that was my mindset. So like, I guess, yes, to answer your question, there was a little bit of champion mindset of like, yeah, let's just go win. But then there was also this other side of like imposter syndrome where I didn't feel like I was good enough to be there. I didn't feel like I was ready to play. I didn't want to disappoint Carly. Like there were all these things coming through. And then at the end of the day though, it was just, let's go play volleyball. Like yeah. we know how to play volleyball. And yeah let's just go be excited to play volleyball and happy and grateful that we even get to be here. Like, how right. cool is this? And so I cool. had a friend tell me one day, she was like, 
whenever you feel really, really nervous, just switch it to gratitude because mm. fear and gratitude can't exist in the same space. And I was like, wow, Love that's that. really good. That's powerful. Said that to me. And I was like, cool. So yeah. again, it's just, it all comes down to gratitude. Yeah, I no, I absolutely love that. I so relate because we can all get caught up, right? We caught up in the results, caught up in the yeah. process, caught up in what we look like, caught up in all in the emotions, caught up, right? Yep. But if we can just come back to that gratitude, that's super powerful. And the reason why I asked you if you went into that tournament with that mindset is because champion, a lot of times champions, you know, have expectation, right? We expect yes. that we're gonna win. We expect we're gonna do well right? We're, we have that expectation in a healthy way. Sometimes it can be a little bit non-healthy because it's like over, it's like overpowering. Yeah. I think what's really interesting to, to explore is the idea of expectation and surrender at the same time, right? I think that's when we can sometimes find the flow state where we're just having fun and just like being in it, right? Like, yes, we're expecting to win. We really want to win. We have the desire and the intention, but at the same time, it's like, whatever happens, happens. I'm super grateful to be here. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Can yes. you talk about the, the, like the, the midpoint there? Because I think that's a really powerful place to be. Well, I also feel like the surrender is you have the expectations, you know, the surrender is, you know, that you're going to go out there and do your best, whatever that looks like in that moment, you're doing it. So you can't control everything about the game. Sometimes you just have a bad day, right? And it's like checking out of that and getting back into your flow state is super, super hard. When you just surrender to whatever's happening and whatever's going on, I think that is where you release the expectation of being perfect. Right. I know every right. athlete wants to be perfect, but those expectations, I think, honestly break so many athletes right. and that's where the stress comes in. And that's where the flow state does not exist because you're so worried about being this perfect player and showing up perfectly and doing everything perfect. And you have to win. You're expected to win. It was like Carly and I went into that tournament. I mean, no expectations. People didn't expect us to win. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, like, right, right, right. <laughs> who were we? People barely wanted to practice with us. Like we were just like, Oh, there's Jen and Carly, you know? So there was no expectation. However, it was like, Hey, we're going to win this thing. <laughs> but then there was the surrender of like, let's just go play volleyball. Yeah. And yeah. that's honestly, I think where the magic happens. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about your journey battling cancer, but just the last, uh, last part of this, this journey of winning that I want to ask you about, which is this moment that I remember you ball ball falls you realize you won and it's like that moment almost makes me emotional thinking about it because I've, I've had a similar moment like that but like I want to ask you about that specific moment and then the also the moment where where Mark Sherman's interviewing you and you're just like what just happened like those two moments I think people are really curious about because those are like they just come right and then they're gone but like really talk about those for a second um especially after everything you've been through right which we're gonna touch on but like yeah yeah honestly it was like when we won I literally was like holy shit right like sorry I cussed but like that's the only way I know to explain it was like yeah holy shit and then it's like you 
it's like, I start thinking about, I mean, I knew this tournament was important, right? Like I was like, wow, this is five years. Like so cool. I have like, look at the person I've become. And now I'm just here playing an AVP and now I'm in the championship. Like this is wild stuff. And, um, I just think it was a holy shit moment. Like a very, it was a very surreal moment of like, did I just win? And of course that then translates into the interview with Mark, where he's like, how does it feel to say that you're an AVP champion? And Carly and I just start laughing because we were like, what? You know, like it was like, wait, no way. Like there's no other way to explain it other than like, those were the most genuine feelings that we could have possibly had in that moment. And there was no like faking it. Like he was asking us these questions and we were just like, like little kids, like, oh my gosh, we won, you know? Um, yeah, it was just so surreal. I, I kept being like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But it's like, yeah, you can. Cause you, you said it all weekend. So I was watching from, from my home here in, in Los Angeles and I was getting emotional because I know your backstory, you know, and, and let's talk about that now. Um, you know, everything that you've been through, Jen, um, to lead up to that moment, it was kind of for me, from my perspective, it was kind of like the universe just saying, here you go. You're doing a great job. Yeah. Right. You you got through yes. some really tough stuff. I see you. Here's a little wink. Keep it up, kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, it, yeah. I mean, talk about surrender. When I was playing indoor, my, I mean, the the amount of things that I had to go through with indoor volleyball was more than any athlete should have to. Yeah. And it was almost like God was like, Hey, we're, we're doing this because I'm preparing you for something greater. Right. That's going to be harder, but here you go. Like, you're going to have to fight this adversity. You're going to have to fight through all this BS. And maybe this isn't, you know, I think about it often. I'm like, was I even supposed to play as long as I did? Because I just, there were so many things, so many signs that it was like, God was like, Hey, it's time, mm. you know, Hey, it's time. Knock, knock. It's time. Like, this isn't your path anymore. And I just, I was so stuck in my ego that I just kept fighting it. I was like, Nope, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. And it was almost like God finally was like, okay, here's cancer because you're obviously not getting it. Like, let's go through this and let's like start to transition. And like that surrender was the first, the first time that I really truly felt like, okay, you know, my hands are up was when I was diagnosed because you, you can't do anything. Like the feeling I had when I was diagnosed with cancer while I was in Germany was first of first and foremost, the craziest experience because I was just overcome with peace. Like it was a total peace moment of like, Hey, this is going to be really hard and you have to go through it, but you're going to be okay. Like, this is just something you need to experience in order to become the next, the highest version of yourself. Mm. And, um, that was crazy. Like, that was like the moment of surrender for me. Let's go there a little more. Um, I heard you in another podcast say that cancer was the best thing that, that happened for me. Um, I want you to take that mindset and just 
kind of talk about the journey, how it all happened, how you found out what you went through. Talk about it a little bit um, for the audience who might be might be like, you know, not not aware, first of all, of your of your story, but also not, not aware how how it happens. Right. How right. you find out how what you do, what the treatments like, like what your mind goes through, you know, um, take us on a little bit of a journey on on all that. All right. So once upon a time, <laughs> no, there's a, there's definitely a lot to it that I haven't even shared with a lot of people. Cause there, there's just so many moments that you then start to remember. Um, but yeah, first and foremost, I was, you know, obviously a professional volleyball player, super healthy. All I drink was water. I was very aware of what I was eating and putting into my body, vitamins, supplements, um, very aware. Um, and so going in, you know, I had just gotten back from the Philippines from a pro season and I went to the doctor for my annual checkup as I did every year. And, you know, there were some concerns, but nothing crazy, nothing earth shattering. It was, you know, Hey, you're young, you're healthy, like bloating. I was bloated for one of them. And I, and it was like, I was traveling all the time. I was eating all these weird foods. So of course I'm making those excuses. Right. But yeah, I'm 26 years old, no family history healthy pro athlete like yeah you're fine and that was in July of 2017 fast forward i'm in germany it's december 2017 and i you know in between that i had a few things going on that was like hmm maybe this isn't normal but i always made an excuse for it like i was peeing a lot more but i was like i drink so much water like obviously um so it's just like those annoying little things that you're like, wow. And that's cancer. Really? You can't just like slap me across the face. Hmm. Um, and finally it was like, okay, you look like you're two months pregnant. Like you need to go to the doctor. And so I was like, okay, this is, this is weird. So of course I go to the doctor and they're like, oh yeah, no, you're not pregnant. You have a giant tumor. And I was like, what? So in that moment, and I didn't expect it. I did not expect them to tell me I had a tumor. Right. Um, so when they told me that I had a tumor, I immediately was like, I have cancer. And then she goes, she goes, she goes on and she's like, no, like, you know, not all tumors are bad. This just is like, you know, something that happens sometimes in women. And I was like, no, I, I had already decided. Right. I was like, I'm, I'm going in with this saying that I have cancer because then if I don't, great. But if I go in with the mindset of no, we're fine. And then I end up having cancer. It's like, that is more earth shattering and damaging to myself, to my mind and how I'm approaching this right now, than it is to just go in, like expect the worst hope for the best. So of course then it's, yeah, you have stage, you know, it's stage four. Um, and they went through this process of like, you know, we can do treatment here, you can get surgery. It needs to come out right away, but we can't get you in until the end of January because there's a long line and everyone's on holiday. And I was like, it just, God ended up providing me with all of these things to come back to the United States was basically it. Um, flights, like there was one seat on the plane coming home. So, and then just a whole number of things happened where it was like, God was like, you need to go home. So I ended up going to Montana um, my surgery, I drive to Billings, Montana on Christmas day with my mom and stay the night, wake up the next day. And that entire day, the 26th of December, 2017 
was an absolute shit show. I went into that day uh, expecting to get surgery at like 10 a.m. And I walk in to the cancer center and I get in line to check in and I'm looking around the room, the waiting room, and it's like all these bald, these old women, bald, like just look sick. And I started to have a panic attack. Like I literally was like, oh my gosh, this is your life. Mm. There are, everyone in here is 60 years or older. Like, what are you doing here? This is not where I'm supposed to be. I can't believe it. You know, like I started having that moment and I just had to take a deep breath and be like, remember that, that feeling of peace that I had when I was in Germany, when I was initially diagnosed. And you know what the worst part of this whole thing was? Is when they told me I had cancer, my first thought was, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my hair. It wasn't even that, oh, you're going to die. It was literally, oh my gosh, I'm going to be bald. Like how sad that we live in a society where we're more concerned with our like physical appearance and vanity. And obviously like a lot of my worth was tied to my appearance and like who thought I was attractive. Like that's a whole nother conversation, but Like that was crazy. And I had to like check myself out of that and be like, dude, you're going to lose your hair because you're fighting for your life. Get over it. And I had that conversation with myself, but I I remember walking into the waiting room and just being like, holy cow, this is your life now. And you just, your mind can go so many ways. And if you don't have it in check, if you let your emotions run wild, and I'm not saying don't feel your emotions because that's not great either, but like if you let yourself go down this, this spiral of like, woe is me, I'm the victim, that's going to kill you, especially right. in a scenario where you have cancer and you're literally fighting for your life. Like people die because they don't have the will to survive because they're just stuck in victim mindset. Right. And like, this is happening to me. So like that whole day I had to like check myself back in because it was like, I mean, it was literally like this. My mom was with me. And we check in, go to the doctor. He does a checkup. I'm just being funny, Jen, because you got to laugh to keep him crying. And he's telling me, he's like, I walk into his office and he goes, Hey, you know, I can't really tell what it is on the film, but like, you're young and healthy. Like, let's not say you have cancer. And I literally looked at him dead in the face. And I said, don't tell me I don't have cancer because I've already decided that I do. And I'm determined to fight this. And it's not going to make my life decisions for me but I need you to not tell me I don't have it because you don't know that I don't. And he was like, okay, that's a good mindset to have, but I'm just saying, and I was like, nope, we've already decided. So like, let's do the CT scan. So we do the CT scan. He comes back and he's like, okay, you do have cancer. And I was like, yes, next step. Um, and he's like, okay, let's figure out what kind of cancer it is. Uh, Cause that's going to depend on treatment. And my mom was like, okay, well, what's the best type? And he was like, okay, you know, if it's ovarian or it's lymphoma, obviously lymphoma is going to be a lot better. Like the survival rates better treatments easier. So let's do that. So we're like, okay, let's go into the biopsy and we're hoping for lymphoma. I come out and they're like, okay, it's ovarian. So it was like, oh, could be lymphoma. Oh, it's ovarian. And then it was like, oh, okay. And his face is like, I mean, the ovarian's the silent killer, right? Like, and people who have ovarian cancer, it's a very slim chance. So of course, just chaos. And then it's like, let's do blood work. Let's figure out what type of ovarian. So then we go deeper and it's like a very rare form of ovarian cancer. Um, it's called dysgerminoma, super rare. 
don't really know how to treat it. It's like 1%, just very rare. And so he has no idea what to do. And he spends the rest of his day talking to his colleagues and everybody about how to treat this. What's the best thing to do? Do we do surgery or do we do chemo? And so it was like, I'm, I sat in the pre-surgery room for three hours thinking that I'm going to get surgery, but maybe we have to do chemo first. And it was like, which one's better? And it was like, just, we have no idea what's happening. And so then he comes in and he's like, okay, so we need to do surgery. We have no idea where it's spread. So we're going to have to like explore. It's called an exploratory laparotomy. We're going to have to cut you open and just see what we're dealing with. So at that point, I didn't know that I was stage four. Like we didn't know how bad it was. We didn't know what was going on. And basically I remember calling my dad and, you know, my mom's like, Hey, she's about to go into surgery. We don't know what's going to happen. She could wake up in menopause. Like she could wake up and not have anything. And because the tumor was on my right ovary. And at that point, it's like, it's spread everywhere, right? Like you can pretty much expect that they're going to take everything. And I remember when they told me that I had a literal panic attack, like just lost it. And so we're on the phone with my dad and he, you know, he's asking questions. He's like, Hey, can we, can we salvage her eggs from the other ovary? And the doctor's like, well, at that point, if we have to take it out, it's, there's no good eggs. So we're like, okay, we could wake up in menopause. Like that's a real possibility here. Um, but I guess at least I have my life. Right. And so then my dad, the, this is where I just like lost it. I was like keeping myself from crying all day. Um, and my dad just says, like, my mom was like, Hey, do you want to say anything? And he just literally fell to his knees in my brother's arms and was like, I, I mean, and I've never heard my dad cry. And he just said, I love you so much. Um, you know, I cry, <laughs> but it was like, in that moment, I was like, wow, this is really serious. Cause going into that, it's like, wow, you could die on the, on the table, you know? And I just didn't think about any of these things, but it was like about to go into surgery. It just became very real, you know? Yeah. And then it was like, okay, like hanging up on my dad now. And then I just remember being wheeled into the surgery room and like surrender. Like you really are just like, I'm here. God has set me up perfectly to be here. And I just have to trust that whatever I'm like, I'm going to wake up and whatever's happened is, is best case scenario. You know, everything's happening in my favor right now. Yeah. So then, you know, they do all the things I pass out and I wake up and I'm just, I'm on drugs, obviously. Like I'm like coming out of anesthesia. And I remember the doctor coming up to me and he puts his hand on my leg and he goes, well, you still have an ovary and a uterus. And I just was like, what? Like, this is crazy. Hmm. But like had spread everywhere else. Like, tell me how divine that is that uh, it did not spread to that other part of my body, but it was everywhere else. And I just remember being like, wow, that is a God thing. Like this, it, the whole thing was just like, God was working <laughs> for my best, like in my like best outcome possible. And uh, so that I know I'm just talking, I'm just rambling. No, it's okay. But it's okay. 
it just the that day was like so crazy and divine that like I think the point is that if you let your mind go to that place it will and it's so hard to come out of it like I was I was determined to not let cancer dictate the things I was going to do I told myself I'm working out every single day I love working out it's my happy place I'm going to do it I was determined to still show up as Jen like I'm not going to let this uh, put my light out. Like I'm going to be funny, sarcastic, like whatever, we're just doing it. You know, yeah, yeah. that was, that was my mindset was like, I am determined to not only beat this, but like, I'm going to become a better version of myself. And so for people who are maybe in a dark place where you have no idea what's going on, uh, just remember your will to do anything is going to be stronger than whatever's going on. Let's go. Like you can literally survive anything if you decide you want to. Wow. Wow. Thank you for your vulnerability there, uh, Jen. Um, wow. I mean, from, from that, that moment of finding out that you had cancer finding out what was coming next. I want you to just explore a little bit more of, of your mindset to make it relatable to someone who's going through that right now. Talk to that person who just found out or, or, or a relative, because, you know, not everyone has this champion mindset that we talked about first that I'm sure that really helped you to get through this, but, but talk to that person who's, who's about to go through this, who just found out or a family member just found out how can how can you best support that person right now it's so hard because i feel like my whole life not my whole life but my volleyball everything that happened to me leading up to that point truly prepared me for the match of my life you know what i mean like Everything that happened in my career, the injuries, the the coaches, the like low-key mental, emotional abuse, you know, like everything that I dealt with prepared me for that. And so I already had a solid foundation. But again, it's like you can go either way. Yeah. Everyone has a choice to make. I could have allowed those things in my career to really affect me. Um, I could have never played pro because it was too hard. And so we all have a decision that we get to make every single day. And it's like, how are you going to approach each situation? Is it going to be victim mindset where it's like, this is happening to me. Woe is me. Like poor me. Why is God doing this? Why is the world doing this? The universe hates me. Like that's so low vibe. Like you're just stuck in this victim mode. Who wants to be there? Like, you don't actually want to be there. And if you do, then that's another entire conversation that you need to have with yourself is like, do you want to be down there? Mm. Because you can decide at any moment that you don't want to be. And the decisions, it was those little decisions of like, I'm, I'm so determined to not let cancer dictate my life and my choices. I'm going to work out every day. Like step one, do the things that you still love to do, right? Like working out inspired me having a goal after chemo. Like I literally tried to play pro volleyball in the Philippines in April. 
I wasn't mm-hmm. even done with chemo, but that goal, having that goal got me through that. So yes, my entire existence revolved around me just simply surviving. And there were so many gut punches during chemo. I just can't even be, I don't even know where to begin with that, but having a goal and deciding like you can, you can let yourself feel bad for yourself for five minutes. I remember sitting in the Walmart parking lot at 26 years old and I'm going, I'm on Instagram and I see all my friends posting these like spring break, spring break, you know, like I'm in, I'm traveling, I'm on an Island, whatever. And I'm just sitting there like, wow, this is some, this is some BS. Like, what did I do as a human to deserve this? I'm here bald. I've got a mask on. Someone just called me, sir. Like what the frick, right? And I literally, I turned my phone off and I was like, okay, you get five minutes and you get to say all the things that you want to say to yourself. You get a, you get to say how pitiful this is. And whoa, 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 whoa is me like five minutes. And I set a timer. And as soon as the timer went off, I was like, okay, get your ass in Walmart. You're going to get what you need to get. And we're going back home. Like, let's go. It was like, decide, like, give yourself five minutes, find whatever pity yourself, do what you need to do. But after the five minutes, like you're going. You don't have time to Love be it. down in that hole for too long because you're just going to keep digging and digging and digging and it will literally kill you. I, I really, really love the idea of the timer, right? Give yourself that opportunity. Go ahead and rant, you know, let it out, yes. you know, scream, whatever you need to do. And then right when that's done, let's go, right? Let's yeah. snap into what we got to do. Yeah. Um. And And talk quickly about, we didn't get to visualization when you were talking about winning, but Talk about visualization in the rehab process. For me, I didn't go through anything you went through, but I did go through two surgeries uh, on my knees. The second time was so challenging for me, but what really helped me was like, I visualized myself how I was going to be, what I was going to feel after. It was like a carrot. I dangled mm-hmm. the carrot. That's that's where I'm going, right? Talk yeah. about that like for, for the person we're talking to the person right now, that's about to go through this process, right? Yeah. Talk about the, how valuable it is to see what you see the ideal version of yourself after you get through this to help you get through it. Right. I mean, I had the goal of you're going to play pro volleyball again. Like you're going to travel again. You're going to play pro volleyball. You're going to be healthy. And I think just having that, having that end goal is what established my day to day because I knew I needed to work out. I knew I needed to get my mind right. I honestly think the reason I got through what I did was because I had one job Mm. that's to survive. And I simply just trusted that God, God's hand was working beautifully in my life in every single moment. And like all the crazy stuff, it was like just having faith and surrendering and saying, Hey, I am so out of control. Like I have no part of this other than my mind, because my body is weak. My body is being poisoned every single day. Like the only thing I have is my mind and that plus my faith, plus just like the determination it all, it all came down to like, that's how I survived. And then one day I woke up and I was like done with chemo. Didn't need another surgery. Like this is done. Let's go. The craziest thing though, was this is something that I thought of. I was like, wow, it is so much easier to be dead than it is to be alive. 
And I mean that in the sense of every day I had to go get chemo. I just had to go get chemo. Like I was just there. I just had to survive, right? Like I didn't have any, I didn't have to think about my life. I didn't have to think about what I was going to be or do or all those stressors that every, that everyone deals with every single day of like, this is what I'm expecting of myself. And then there's the anxiety. Like I literally just went in and I was like, Hey guys, like I'm ready for my juice. Like let's pump it in. And after I was healthy, I was like, Oh shit. What am I going to do with my life? Like, who am I going to be? What am I supposed to do? Like that was harder than it was to go and get chemo every day because I was like lost. I like had to restart and I had no idea who I was anymore. And that was really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to transition into this idea of personal growth and how you were able to grow from this experience um, and then we'll get into the water thing. I want to kind of go on this journey of, of personal growth and kind of how this whole experience really helped you to go from any sort of victim mindset that you may have had, because it sounds like you didn't really have that. It sounds like you, you had this champion mindset, which was awesome. Um, but, but I would, I would like to talk about how this really made you become committed to being on this path of being the best, the best version of yourself, right? Because that's what I really respect. Um, because things happen to all of us. And especially this situation that you're talking about, this is such a deep, emotional, um, almost life threatening situation, but it, but it catapulted you, seemingly, Yes. it puts you on this path of like, let's go. Yes, right. And that's what I, I would love to explore more of. Because like I said before, like in this other podcast, you said, you said cancer was the best thing that happened for me. So, so talk about that, how it was the best thing that happened for you, how it got you on this path of, of personal growth. I'll go back to that quote that was told to me last year was the, it's harder to change when you're winning. Yeah. If, if I would have never gotten cancer, I would probably still be desperately trying to play indoor volleyball. I'd try to be on the Olympic team. I'd be putting my body absolutely through it. I would have never found the water. I would have never started my business. I would have never started playing beach volleyball. Like I say never, that's harsh. But honestly, if I would have kept going on the same path, I I don't even want to think about it. Mm. Um, because cancer, it it just began this journey of, it's almost like the chemo killed everything in my body, right? But it also killed everything that was maybe not serving me in my life. Like mm. I had a fresh start to start filling myself back with these things that I did truly love that I enjoyed, that I felt like I was called to do, um, like how I was supposed to show up, you know, all of these things. And I mean, I literally got out of a toxic relationship. I beat chemo. I survived my father passing, like all of these things led me to starting my own business. Hmm. and maybe having boundaries and not taking uh certain you know not taking things in relationships like i was i was stuck at one point even after chemo like i kept going down <laughs> i kept going downhill i was like stuck and lost i didn't know what i was going to do with my life um i was absolutely miserable and um 
it was like the decision to be like, this isn't, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And yeah. finally, you know, uh, COVID hit and I was forced out of things that I, that I wasn't supposed to be doing. And then it was like the decision, like I tell everyone I work with, there is a decision you make when one day you're just sick of it. You're fed up. You're not accepting this from yourself anymore. Like, you know, that you deserve better. You know, you can do better. It's scary. And you're going to have to put yourself out there, but that decision is what will change your entire life. And it, again, it sounds so cliche, but it's truly just the decision to be like, this isn't what I'm meant to do anymore. Right. Like, I am meant for greater. Right. Yeah. It's so relatable. It's kind of why I started this whole project, right? It's yeah. Why I became a, an author and why I'm doing what I'm doing now. And because I made a decision. Yes. And so I totally feel that. So, so let's, let me ask you this. What does it mean to say yes to your true self? It is, it's just empowering. It's scary. Don't get me wrong. It's so scary. <laughs> like I remember with the water and the business, I remember getting my machine. And even after everything it did for me and my body post chemo, I was so scared to show up online a certain way because I didn't want people to think that I was a scammer or I was just trying to sell something or, you know, whatever, like I literally did not talk about it because I was scared of what other people would think, mm. which is hilarious to think about because I was on there bald as can be. Like I had little like stray hairs. I had like male pattern balding syndrome and I didn't care. Like I grew out of that. However, it was still the thought of like, oh my gosh, what are people going to think of me? And that like, let me tell you that absolutely died. But that was like a, a real fear of mine. Um, and then finally, when I said yes to myself and like what I wanted to do to live in, like what I wanted, how I wanted to show up to the world. When I said that, it was like, there was no going back. Something just clicked in my brain where it was like, you don't care. You don't actually care what these people have to say, because if people are going to say something, they're probably miserable, right? You're probably triggering them because you're going after something that a lot of people don't have the balls to do. Right. Right. So, I mean, and that's the reality is like people who are so focused on themselves and who are working on themselves and doing these big things, they're so worried about themselves that they're not actually looking at you and judging you. Those are the people that are like, wow, you're doing it. This is incredible. Even yeah. if you haven't made a single penny, right. those are the people that are like, oh man, I've been there. Like, keep going. Yeah. It's the people that are like, you're a scammer. Or like, you're doing this for attention or, you know, just when people start saying things like that, that's the reflection of like, oh, this is interesting because I know that I'm not. And I know that you're saying that because I'm bothering you by showing up in my high, the highest version of myself. I, I love that you said this is interesting. Actually, this is very relatable to anyone who's experiencing judgment coming at you uh, instead of reacting you could actually just say that's interesting. It's actually, it's actually really empowering. Yeah. It's kind of funny too, because like if someone ever throws shade on you or gives oh. you hate or something, and you're like, "Oh, that's interesting." Oh, <laughs> you know, I heard that recently, and I was like, "That's actually genius." <laughs> yeah, no, because it is. It is. If you can get out of your own way and your own ego, and you know, you're receiving these things from these people, but like. Wow, that's so interesting. That's because interesting. you know yeah. that it's not about you. But it but it's cool because you can actually take it as fuel. 
right? Yes. Be like, oh, actually, yeah, I could, I could, I could use that. I can make that useful rather yes. than get reactive and being like, f you. It's like, no, that's that's yep. interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna think about that. I gotta I go over tell- here. Now. I gotta go this way though. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. Yeah, yeah. But like, but <laughs> that's really interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I tell everyone I work with, like when people start projecting onto them about the water or the business or whatever, it's like being able to take a step back and be like, oh my gosh. I must be doing something right. Like if people are seeing me and getting mad, like I must be doing something right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so let's get to the water. But first, the last thing I want to ask you about this personal growth journey, and I have to, because um, <laughs> it's, it's humor, right? Because you, you use humor in this really awesome way where it keeps you light. Yes. Right. Ever since we met, I was like, oh, she's funny, but it's like this, this lightness. It's like this light humor. I got to ask you about that because it's so, what it does for me is it just, it just lightens the mood. Even when we talk about this deep, this deep cancer journey that you've been on or, or winning a a championship or becoming successful in business, you got to stay light. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. It's literally what I, um, that's, I mean, it got me through cancer. It got me through a lot. Um, and it's easier said than done. Right. But like, <laughs> obviously not everyone's going to be as funny as I am. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I just, I remember going into <laughs> the chemo center, the cancer center every single day, just the same person. And my nurses started to become concerned. Like I remember one day, why? Because I was so, I was just Jen all the time. I would literally walk in and I'd be like, what's up? Like, (laughs) Hey, you know, and, uh, I would just like walk around and I literally slept. I mean, it was like six hours every time I went in. So I would just literally sleep and, um, (laughs) it was like my nap time, but that's like what I called it. Right. was like, Oh, I'm getting my juice. I'm gonna take a nap. And then I'm going to go walk three miles and then I'm going to go work out and like <laughs> do it again tomorrow, you know? Yeah. 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 But I, I remember one day walking in and I would just always make jokes, right? Like the first day I went in to get chemo, they pumped me full of this stuff that's supposed to help you with nausea. I was allergic. Soon as they pump it in, my entire body turns beet red. My veins are popping out. I feel sick to my stomach. I can barely breathe. And I'm laughing. I'm literally, this is happening to my body and I'm dying laughing. And like, this is hilarious. It was day one. And I was like, wow, is this how this is going to go? Like just laughing. And everyone is like looking at me, like, is she going to die? Like, is she about to explode? And then all of a sudden it just like went away, but I was like, what the heck just happened? And they were like, oh, you're very allergic to that. So we need to not give you that. And I was like, cool. What else? Yeah. Good to know. I was like, what else? But I just remember walking in one day and they, they came and they sat down and they were like, cause every day there's a mental check-in for obvious reasons for cancer patients. They're like, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. Tell us, you know, physic, any pain physically, but also like mentally what's going on up there. And every day it was like, I'm great. I'm great. Best day of my life. I'm great. And one day they're like, how are you really? And I was like, is this a trick question? I'm fine. And they were like, no they were like, it's okay to not be fine sometimes, you know? And in that Mm -hmm. moment, when they said that to me, I was like, but it's also, it's, it's also okay to be fine. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to not be okay right now. Right. And you're almost encouraging me to not be okay, but I'm, I'm doing great. Like, it's okay to be okay. It's okay to 
go through some really hard times and be okay. It's okay to uh, be okay in really terrible situations, you know, not that it's not okay, but I think we should, we're, it's almost like the misery loves company, Mm. you know? And uh, I think we should encourage people to show their true, authentic, joyful, blissful selves all the time. Mm. Instead of like, I want to see this person be down because it's like, I, I'm, I'm feeling down. You know what I mean? That's um, case in point for the whole project of what I'm doing. That's exactly, yeah. I couldn't agree more. That's, that's it. We don't yeah. have to like sit in our problems so long. We yeah. don't have to sit in the misery. You know, we can acknowledge it. We we don't have to be inspired the whole day, no. you know, but to be on that trajectory, you know, to be on that pathway, right? Yeah. To be supported by others who are on that pathway too. That's it, Jen. Yes. That's it, right? Yeah. yeah, that was a big, that was a big moment for me though, was like, they were so concerned because they thought I was faking it, which I know right, a lot of right. people do. That's a mental health is a whole nother thing. Right, right, right. But like- me deciding that I am great every single day again was like what got me through. Yeah. And my humor and like making jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That got me through. Yeah, totally. So yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. I, I I love your humor. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, I am literally you. you're you. Yeah. And I translated it into my business and I am the only person doing what I do. Like that's how you stick out is like, what is a gift of yours? and integrate it into what you're doing. Perfect segue to let's talk about this living water journey now. Let, let's get into that. So so be be a little brief here. Talk about how you were first, well, first of all, what is living water? What is structured water and how you found it? And then we'll go from there. Uh, okay, I'll just start with how I found it. My friend introduced me to it like a year and a half prior to, to being diagnosed. And I tried it and I start detoxing and I'm like, this water's for sick people, mm. sick old people. Like, I don't need this. This is, you know, whatever. And of, of course, a year and a half later, I'm diagnosed with cancer. And I like <laughs> went to my friend, I was like, Hey, um, not sure if you've seen what's going on. And he was like, Hey, <laughs> you know, so that was a very humble moment for me. Um, but I pretty much invested in my machine right away. And the machine, the easiest way to describe it to people is like, imagine someone is in an ambulance and they pass away. Well, what do they do? They take a defibrillator and they pump you with electricity, right? They shock you to bring you back to life, to restart your heart. Well, that's essentially what the machines are doing to water. It's literally giving life back to water. And when I say life, I mean, voltage, like water that comes up from the earth is charged from the earth's ions that's voltage like and we are electric beings there is a certain level of resonance in everything that we do and it affects our whole being Mm. right so like talking about high vibration low vibration alignment um all of those things like it's all voltage Mm. and so living water is water that has voltage wow Super interesting. I could go and, further, but I won't. Well, talk talk about structured water. What's what's the difference there? Structured water is essentially, if you think about the processes that water goes through nowadays, like pipes, um, purification, all of those things, it's basically taking the structure of water and it's just like, bleh. 
It's like if you were to eat fast food or food that you just microwave and expect to get the same nutritional value as whole food. So like that food that's been microwaved or it's processed, like what really is the nutritional value there? Mm -hmm. Um, It's been so, so purified and like torn apart and created into this like thing. It's processed. It's dead. There's no, there's no living aspect to it. So structured water is essentially like, like an ice crystal, like, and it's actually water. So when the water is structured a certain way, it's able to actually penetrate our cells because it's small enough to get in there, which is why a lot of people detox when they start drinking it. Cause you're, it's actually, your body's able to basically absorb it. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. And, and talk about, let's get into some of the benefits that you experienced on your journey to finding this, this living structured water through these machines. Yeah. Um, what, what shifted for you? What happened? What did you notice? The benefits? Well, I just want to say again, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. These are not medical claims. This is just like my own personal testimony. What I found yeah. when I started providing my body with the right environment. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously my situation was extreme. I had just gone through chemo and cancer. And so I had all these things like neuropathy, brain fog, migraines, vertigo, appetite, appetite change, you name it. Um, yeah, really bad stuff to where I was like, I'm not going to survive this. And, you know, um, I started drinking the water and pretty much all of those side effects started to go away. Right. And I was like, I didn't even understand why at that point, I remember I just purchased the machine because I, it was a total faith buy. And so, you know, I started drinking the water and it's like the water is then providing my body with the foundation to start detoxing. And so, I mean, that's when I started researching, like, what the heck is this actually doing? Mm. And from then on, it was like, things that people deal with every day, anxiety, uh, ability to focus, um, recovery for athletes. I can't tell you the last time that I was truly sore from like working out, like really sore to the point that you're like, Oh, I can't do it today. Hmm. Um, I've never cramped. I've never cramped in a beach volleyball game, which is like, that's pretty huge or practice. Like I've literally never cramped. Um, nutrient absorption. I mean, there's a number of things, but I would say for me personally, obviously it was the coming out of the chemotherapy, but then the ability to focus, like I struggled my entire life being able to focus on things. And all of a sudden it's like, now I'm actually absorbing information and learning because I am structured water. This is crazy. It's really interesting because, you know, where my mind goes in this conversation is, is a couple different ways. Number one, we are mostly water right? It's, it's the one thing that is like the lowest common denominator for all of us, right? We have to drink a lot of water every single day. Right. And so like, that's when we first opened up this conversation a long time ago, you know, I was like, man, that, you know, that it's really interesting to make, first of all, be aware of the water source. Mm. If I'm going to, if I'm going to drink water every single day, I need to know where it's coming from. Yeah. Right. I need to also be aware of what perhaps is in it right? Uh, from the tap here in LA, like, I don't know if that's great. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the third thing is like, well, well, how can I get the best possible water, even for like 
a shower. Like if I'm going to be in water all the time, like maybe I should think about having the best possible solution and not just whatever. I'm just, you know, like, cause I think what, what I'm getting at is we don't know. That, right. that's that's the that's kind of what I'm getting at when I turn on my faucet first of all thank you it's a blessing that my water comes out because I know that's not the case for a lot of people right. um, especially in you know outside of the country but here thank you that's the first thing we go to gratitude the second thing is like I wonder what's in this yeah and you people know don't think about it people don't yeah think, but it's also with food like think about like this is literally what's fueling our body right and people just don't ask the questions of how is this made? Where is this coming from? Yeah. What's in it? I think it's important. It's really important to start to think about you. You helped me to start thinking, thinking about it. Yeah. Um, because it's one thing to just grab, like, I, you know, I have a, a regular filter in my, uh, in my, my fridge, but there's multiple layers. I've been doing research and there's multiple layers of this. Right. And there's a lot to explore. Um, Yes, I actually want to take this conversation slightly in a different direction, which is the Dr. Masuro Imoto yeah. and water consciousness, right? Because it's one thing to have structured water and, and you know, living water, that, that's great. It's another thing to actually try to transform that water and to give it an intention. And I know that sounds weird. It might sound strange for a lot of people listening, but there is actually a science behind this. Uh, yes. He published a book called The Message from Water. I wanted to know from you if you if you're aware of the science behind his work and if you implement that into, you know, into your regimen. Yes. Well, that's why mindset is so important because the things that we're telling ourselves, that's affecting the structure of the water inside ourselves. Yeah. Like literally. And it sounds crazy because that can have such an impact on people, but like I mean, think of all the the cheesy sayings like words are powerful words cast spells that's why it's called spelling or like thoughts become things like that's all real so and he the science behind it is he has taken uh certain words certain music and he has played it around water and then he takes a picture of the water structure the crystal structure of the water when it's things like uh i hate you or anger like an an, an emotion of like anger or anxiety, uh, depression, things like Hitler, like all of those uh, heavy metal music, for example. Yeah, right, right, right. And when first classical played, music. Yeah. Yes. And when he played it around this water structure, it was just like chaos. Like there was no real structure. It was broken. It was damaged. But then love, prayer, um, classical music, like things like that. It was like these beautiful crystalline structures. It's amazing. It's amazing. And yeah. you think about that and it's like, dude, that right there shows you that anything you say to yourself, and I am so bad about this, especially during volleyball, everyone knows I like cuss myself out. It's really <laughs> not good. I call myself really mean names. I've gotten a lot better, but like those things matter. The yeah. way that you speak to yourself, to others, like that matters. And it's literally yeah. affecting your body your water body as we call it in the water community yeah yeah <laughs> your body is water let's be real but people don't think about that like people don't know how much of an impact that actually makes and uh the structure so why structure is so important is because the more structured your water the more easily programmed too 
So like water is like a computer, right? It's like a software that you can like program. And if it's just chaos, then you're going to be chaos. Like if the water within you is just broken, it's chaotic, there's no real structure, then that's what you're going to be. If it's structured and you're saying these really things, doctors have found that the structure and the structure of water inside a cell can actually tell them how healthy someone is. Wow. So that right there tells you, okay, if I have structured water in my cells, I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm saying the right things. I'm doing the right things. If the structure, if the structure of the water is broken, then there's something going on. Like we need to fix it. Like that is wild. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I know we're coming up on time here, but um, I would encourage listeners to follow Jen on Instagram. Uh, it's kind of like your your main hub, I would say, for for the water wizard, <laughs> right? Yeah. For all things water, and and you know, I would like to land the plane with. Um, well, just real before I go to before I go to that, just really talk talk briefly, really quick about how you became a water wizard, and and just remind people of your IG. Um, well, I became a water wizard because I remember when COVID hit and I was fired from my jobs and I had nothing and I had to pay, I had to find a way to pay bills. I remember asking God, I was like, how do you want me to show up? How do you want me to show up? How do you want me to impact the world? What do you want me to do? And I just thought that's when I thought of my brand. And I was like, I like had a wizard hat on and I just became the water wizard. And it was like this different way of doing these experiments where like, there are so many people out there doing the same thing, right? That doesn't mean that there's not enough room for everyone. It just means that you need to find a way to stick out. And that was my way of sticking out was like, here's this girl shamelessly putting on a wizard hat and beard and just like (laughs) full force going for it and consistently doing it. Yeah. Like it started as a joke, but it, which most things do, but it became the water wizard. Like that's now people literally know me as the water wizard. Yeah. And I really branded myself and I stick out and people literally have said, I bought machines from you because you are the water wizard because you just show up as you. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. But I'm just visualizing your next tournament playing in a wizard hat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause Grinch season is over. Grinch (laughs) is, we have to wait until December. Oh man. Yeah. Jen, um, Oh yeah. Just mention your IG handle one more time, please. Oh yeah. It's genuine waters. So hilarious. J E N N U I N E Gen U N and then waters. Yeah. It's a great IG account. Um, and there's more (laughs) details about all these machines and all more information there, but as we land the plane, I want you to think back to this whole conversation, which was really, really powerful and describe to me fulfillment. What does fulfillment mean to you? Living in alignment, living with purpose. Uh, there was a an, an experiment conducted where it was like if people live in and feel like they have a purpose, they're so much happier. And so whatever yeah. your purpose is, whatever you feel like it is, and take a second if if you don't know what it is. I remember I remember at my job just like walking around being like, wow, this is not my purpose. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel so unfulfilled. Think about what makes you happy. Think about your, how can you turn your passion into purpose? Like, what have you been through? How can you help people? I think is the big question. How can you help people? How can you make an impact? Because that helping people, like, I don't, I don't do what I do for the money. Yes, I need to make a living, 
But those text messages I get from people who had just purchased a machine who said, holy cow, Jen, this is incredible. Like that is why I do what I do. That's let's, fulfillment. Let's go. Let's, let's go. go. <laughs> Jen, what an amazing conversation. Um, for those of you listening, uh, thank you for making it this far. And please comment, please engage, right? Let us know what your takeaways were from this conversation. And I'll I'll make sure Jen um, you know, is aware of any comments or questions and so we can engage back because that's the whole idea of this. But uh, for everyone listening, I appreciate you, Jen. I appreciate you too. Don't go anywhere, okay? Um, everyone else, thank you so much. Please, 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 please stay inspired, everybody. Much love, peace and blessings.